Claire Newell joins us for a look at the world of travel. Claire, good morning to you. Good morning, Sterling. I just looked down at my notes and said it says Sunday, January 29th, and it's so hard to believe it's almost the end of January. Where I did know. it go? I, exactly. You, you <laughs> blinked twice and there went a month, right? I think it was because there was so much travel news and it was just kind of chaotic, you know, right from the end of December, right through until pretty much now. We're still dealing with some of the fallout. Well, one of the latest bits of travel news, sort of, is the uh, federal minister responsible claiming just a couple of days ago that the passport backlog has finally been eliminated. She said about 97 percent of it has been taken care of, but not everybody's buying it. So what's your take? Yeah, you know, I don't know if everyone's buying it because I uh, people, including myself, know of people who still don't have their passports mm -hmm. in and they put them in in, say, August or September. So what, you know, we know that uh, the passport office was really overwhelmed. I don't think they were ready when, when the travel restrictions were lifted in 2022. They have put in all sorts of streamlining to the processes as well as opened new offices and they've staffed up. Um, but what the, the, the clarification that they gave was that anyone who applied after October 3rd should have seen pre-pandemic processing times, but those who applied before that the time to receive their passports still varies. So I'm, I, I do, you know, cross my fingers for all of the people who, who put it in prior to October 3rd. Let's hope you get yours soon. But that, you know, we don't want anyone nail biting, you know, waiting for that passport before they're going on a vacation. Nor do we want the queues that were uh, around all the passport offices in the summer months. So one thing that I just want to caution people on is that Passport Canada is expecting about 3.5 million passport applications in 2023. Uh -huh. And one of the things I'm worried about is the first cohort of Canada's 10-year passports is set to expire in July of this year. So take a look at your passport. Check when it, it expires. I'm a fan of getting my passport renewed about the six-month point yes. prior to it expiring. And that's because so many countries require either three, four, six, some have eight months validity on your passport from the time that you arrive into their country. So uh, just I wouldn't be putting it in you know, June, July, it's going to be really busy. Right, right. So the, the sooner the better. Uh, there's another story in the news this week, and this was interesting. I didn't read it all, but I saw the headline, and it had something, it was trying to divide the country up in terms of air travel, essentially giving the East to Air Canada and giving the West to WestJet. Is, this, is, is there a future for this kind of notion? Yeah, we've been seeing this, Sterling. It's it's kind of unsettling if you're in the travel industry and watching this. There have been a slew of service cuts and changes, um, and it is taking on a really obvious pattern. It's not really great news for Canadian travelers. Like, the two large airlines are reducing service in some places yeah. and hunkering down in some home markets rather than this continuation of offering nationwide service. So, that's what we're seeing. And I understand it from a, a business perspective. Regionalized service does make financial sense because the airlines are in recovery mode. And what we're seeing is at the moment, WestJet's really focusing in the West and Air Canada in the East. So what you may remember is back in June of 2022, WestJet announced that they're going to focus on the West and they reduced their presence in the East. So they suspended a ton of Eastern um, Canadian uh, guest departure points, so service to Charlottetown, PEI, Fredericton, New Brunswick, Sydney, Nova Scotia, uh, Quebec City, the, uh, among others. And then Air Canada 
canceled a lot of regional service. So in certain parts of BC, it's it's tough. So BC, Alberta, and Saskatchewan were really affected by those smaller airports stopping. And then a couple of weeks ago, Air Canada cut, it actually made headlines, cut Calgary to both Regina and Saskatoon. And what we did see was that when Air Canada cut those, about 10 days later, WestJet increased service to both of those routes. And yeah, Flair right. mm-hmm. yeah. has scheduled to launch service um, from Calgary to Saskatoon starting in May. I'm really hoping that we'll see the likes of the airlines that weren't really here pre-pandemic or weren't big players like Flair, Canada Jetlines, Link, Swoop, Porter, try to find their place. But at the moment, they're doing all of the really big routes and that's really hard on the the airlines that have been doing that for a long time. So I think in the temporary until this competitive and financial pressure subsides, it's going to be interesting and we'll see more service changes and cuts. Indeed. Jill had the president of Porter Airlines on her show just a couple of days ago talking about what they intend to do and their certainly ambitious plans. Wanted to stick with Air Canada for one more, more quick question for you. Uh, there's yeah. a story out about them charging a little bit more for baggage fees for people flying into Jamaica versus any other place in the Caribbean. What's behind this? Is some kind of danger thing, surcharge? What's going on? Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's, it's strictly on a Toronto to Kingston, Jamaica. And it wasn't just like a, a little fee. They're charging double for certain bags. And it's because this route is notorious for people taking a ton of luggage. And they're flying this Rouge, which is a smaller, narrow-body aircraft that ah. doesn't have much belly space. So, um, And because the customers historically have brought more baggage than, than, than average, it's resulted in sometimes bags being left, some customers never getting their bags, super inconvenient. And so... There was this underlying um, kind of note, Sterling, that said they also deemed that it was a better option than simply placing a limit on the number of bags per person in order for those who need to bring additional bags so that they have an option. So there was this kind of underlying threat. You know what? You might only get one bag. That's it then. But we're charging. And it was so first bags are still like either free, depending on how you buy it, or 30 bucks, right. which is pretty normal. But the, the second bag, instead of on average 100, it was 200. But it was a, more than that. Instead of 225, 500 bucks if you wanted to take a third bag. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pack light if you want to go. <laughs> I'm glad we put that one on the airwaves because, you know, if, if, if you don't know it's coming, that's a bit of a jolt, isn't it? Wanted to talk it's very huge. quickly about Peru because we touched on this last weekend. And now, uh, since then, they've closed Machu Picchu and the Inca Trail, which takes you to Machu Picchu until further notice. It is just closed, period. Yeah, it's just uh, really unsettling and so sad for people who have planned this because you don't plan this one two weeks out. You plan this one six months, eight months, it's a, a year list out plan, to do isn't it. isn't it? Yeah, and I'm sure that the people who are having their 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 trips affected will be reimbursed uh, or allowed to change their dates. But this is something that we're watching, and and it's really really sad to see because it is one of their you know their flagship um, sites. So for those who have something on the books, it is closed. It was closed on January the 22nd, and it's indefinite at this time, just among the anti-government protests, just to make sure that everyone's safe there. 
So we'll keep you posted on what's happening there because that's, you know, one of the gems of the world, I would say. No question about it. And again, as I said, it's a bucket list thing. People spend years planning a trip to Machu Picchu. A little closer yeah. to home, some problems. with, with We've seen it in Tofino in our own backyard here in B.C., but now the folks next door in Alberta are dealing with over tourism issues in, of all places, Banff, which is a, an enormously popular Canadian destination. Yeah, it's so popular, and it's the uh, the parking lot as you head into Lake Moraine that caused this, because they've had to put in um, uh, 24 hours a day uh, traffic workers to try and control this. So they say that they see almost 10,000 inbound and outbound vehicles, and that's just, it just is becoming ridiculous. So they've put it together a 10-year plan for tourism in hopes to address that, but also over tourism in general, carbon neutrality and reducing single-use plastics, among other things. But it's interesting that it's coming here. We saw it, in, like you say, in Tofino. Yeah. I think maybe only two or 3,000 people live in Tofino, but you know how popular that is as a destination. Sure. Well, Banff is is even 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 more so, I would say. Indeed. So those, uh, but uh, in terms of uh, planning a visit to BAM, for example, a driving visit, which is quite doable from Vancouver this summer, it shouldn't discourage you from going, right? I don't think it should discourage you, but they, they are starting a ban of private vehicles in certain areas of the park, including that road which leads to the popular Lake Moraine. Okay, good to know in advance. How about a couple of deals? And you've got something there to one of my favorite destinations, Los Cabos. Oh, I love Los Cabos. I was just there over the holidays. Oh, so lucky March you. the twenty Yeah, I know. March the twenty eighth, air and seven nights in a four star beachfront all inclusive resort, eleven sixty nine, and the taxes on that are six fourteen. All right. We, Anything else? Oh, Hawaii. You've got Hawaii too. I do. Um just a few dates though. February twenty fourth, twenty sixth, twenty eighth. Or, if you can wait, until April the 13th, airfare and seven nights in a four-star beachfront hotel. Uh, it is the Hilton Hawaiian Village. It's the only four-star that I've seen come down. Um, it's still expensive, but nowhere near what it was. It was almost $2,000 per oh. person. It is $1,369, taxes of $358. It's the last one for me that I just think is such a deal. Um, it's a nine-night Mediterranean cruise, really focusing on Greece, Malta and Spain. Mm. It's leaving September 23rd. I love that date because it's crowds have gone by then. Kids yes. are back in school. That's right. Weather's still really good. It's a nine night cruise. The inclusions are fantastic. It's a 250 US dollar onboard credit, the beverage package, the Wi Fi, and all of your prepaid gratuities. 1489 taxes of 180 it's such a deal it's not going to last um but it's it's uh, fantastic and it's on the website all right travelbestbets.com by the way friends is claire's excellent website lots of good information and a few deals claire as always thanks we'll talk again next thanks. weekend thanks sterling